What's up, Mark? Hey, Matt. Good, good, good. How are you? Doing really well. So we might have some new listeners this week. Maybe. <laughs> so maybe we'll do a little intro of who we are. So I'm Mark. I'm a solo founder. I run a, a startup called Power Importer. It's a no-code data syncing tool for Webflow and Airtable. And I'm also trying to start a new no-code tool in also in the same ecosystem using the same websites and tools. Cool. And I'm Matt. Uh, I've launched a bunch of products. I'm a software developer. They've all failed. So <laughs> I'm currently on the hunt for my next product, figure out how to serve the market best. So how was your week, Mark? It was good. It was yeah. definitely, definitely different. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. Yeah. Well, that's it. Last week, last week's uh, call with Aaron was was really an eye opener for me. Like, me too. Yeah. Like uh, I was, I was, I was on Twitter to make friends, but I was going about it all wrong. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, so Aaron's advice was was great. So this week I've been super active on Twitter, and so basically the way I interpreted what he said, mm-hmm. um, it was basically an attitude change that I had to do. Like, because what before I was like following people and following unfollowing for me meant meant uh, oh you're friends now because you fo- you you mutually follow each other right right um, which was not working for me because mm-hmm. even though like I. Like to have a a relationship with these people, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that what they put on Twitter interests me, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So now I just I I unfollowed so many people this week. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I'd, I'd go on my 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 feed, and if anybody posted something that I didn't like, like I had different levels. Like, well, first of all, I did a huge cleanup. I went into the muted words section, mm-hmm. and I added a bunch of words that I have no interest in. Okay. And then, so then when I'm looking at my feed, if someone still pops out with something that, that I don't like, um, if it's a retweet, I might go into their settings and say, turn off retweets for that person. Ah. So like, that's like a strike one. Sure. <laughs> and then if I see them again, show up later, like with something else that I don't like, mm-hmm. then I might just mute them or on, or just unfollow. And, and that's not clear why sometimes I mute them, sometimes I unfollow. It's like, it's like I want to be, I want to be able to DM them so like then I'll mute them. Right. Uh, but if it's like no no I I don't even remember why I followed this person we have nothing in common and then I just unfollow. And yeah my my timeline now is is so much happier. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that follows like so not because I really enjoy what the people that I'm seeing and what people are saying mm-hmm. I'm I'm replying a lot more to to stuff. Right. And it. It goes a bit with with what Aaron was saying is that you know like you you can assume that ninety percent of what you tweet will not be seen yeah right because it's there's so much content on Twitter and and if people blink they just you miss like a bunch of tweets so mm-hmm. you, you just assume that ninety percent of what you write is not going to be seen yeah and it's so liberating when you think about it that way because then who cares if there's a typo in my tweet right or if, like I don't have to like compose the perfect tweet and and I'm also not trying to like write viral content or try to write threads right i'm just because i'm an indie hacker i find it pretty lonely so i want to connect with other indie hackers and twitter seems to be the best place for that community sure so i just want to connect with that kind of people and that means like replying on their stuff starting conversations sharing other people's stuff when i think it's cool yeah and uh, and then because 
I'm an indie hacker and I'm building in public. It's just having that like posting every single day on what I'm working on, mm-hmm. which which seems not it feels really natural now because I was already keeping a developer log. Mm-hmm. So whenever I'm working on something, I write down on the log what I did, uh, any problems I encountered. Uh, just so that after that, I can do searches and to remember when when did I have that problem or mm-hmm. when did I deploy this. Uh, so now it's just a question of just putting it on Twitter instead. Right. That's so, great. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's been going great. Um, I think you, you pulled up Social Blade <laughs> before this call and like yeah, my, I'm definitely tweeting a lot more. Yes, I would say there is a clear indication yeah. that you were tweeting before. More. I was maybe t- tweeting once once a week, maybe. Mm. Sometimes, like previous last year, I think at the beginning of the year, I was a lot more active, mm. uh, but since May of last year, I've been pretty much dormant. I go check it once in a while and I wasn't happy with what I was seeing. Mm-hmm. Stuff was just frustrating me. So, but now I'm having fun. Like, maybe a little bit too much fun. <laughs> okay. Well, see, this was, <laughs> this is where I was hoping to go with this because I mean, you've definitely been tweeting a lot. So what has that done to your productivity? How do you tweet? How, how do you, how do you manage this? So, yeah, I mean, I, I sort of followed like the Pomodoro technique for okay. work. So I've modified it and actually that might be an interesting subject to talk about at one point, like mm-hmm. how I use it. Mm-hmm. But needless to say, like, so I have these breaks like throughout the day where mm-hmm. I know I'm going to go refill my, my glass of water or go get a snack or something. Mm-hmm. And during those breaks is when I'll check customer support emails. Or, right. And now I check Twitter also. So yeah, so it's, and if, you know, if, if you keep in mind that attitude that uh, 90% of what you do won't, won't be seen. Mm-hmm. So with that attitude, I don't really care if, if um, whether someone's going to reply to it or someone's going to like it mm-hmm. or retweet it. Like it's like, it's whatever. I, I threw it out there and now I go back to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I still I still have some improvements to do there. Like I, okay. I'm often drawn to like, oh, wait, I sent that DM. Did they reply yet? Or, uh-huh. Like I need to just trust that when I when I put my phone when I turn off do not disturb on my phone like the notifications will be there if there are any and, yeah and if they're not like whatever go back to work mm-hmm. totally so I, I still need to work on that but being active for a week like already my signups for Power Importer are up twenty five percent twenty five percent yeah that, Jesus Christ <laughs> I know it's ridiculous and really I haven't been like. Well, it doesn't feel like I've been talking about Power Importer this whole time. I've just, I mean, it is in my bio. Like, it's mm-hmm. the very first link in my bio. Uh, yeah, I did tweet about it a few times, but I don't even think I put the link to the site in those tweets. I was just saying, hey, I'm, you know, I just added, uh, I just added this little feature on Power Importer. And, mm-hmm. Or oh, I added this to the footer and this is, this is what I've, I noticed. Right. Interesting. But, but yeah, it seems like that's, I mean, that's the only explanation I have. Like, why are my signups up 25%? I haven't changed anything else. A question. Because you said before that when you get direct traffic from Twitter, you don't. it doesn't show up in your analytics as being from Twitter. It looks like it's direct. Um, or the, yeah. refer, you, the refer is blank or something. Yeah, that's what, that's what it was with what I used to use before. Okay. Now, now I'm using Fathom. Okay. And yeah, Fathom seems to be able to, to know what it's from Twitter. Oh, okay, cool. cool. But I think, but I still have a suspicion that sometimes, sometimes it can't be tracked because hmm. because my direct traffic like goes up when I'm active on Twitter. So again, it seems like 
I can only assume that it's because they're they're using a client that doesn't send a referrer. Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah, that's, that's my guess. Like maybe the actual app, like if you have Twitter for Android, it doesn't send mm-hmm. a referrer. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. That's so, a but, really good question. Yeah, but definitely with Fathom now, I see I see that there's a lot of traffic coming from Twitter. Okay, cool. So it's it, a good thing, but um, they don't convert as paying customers. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe that's that's unfair. Usually, I'm really bad at my metrics by heart. <laughs> but like, usually within 28 days, that that's like the metric I track. Like, okay. Usually, like 60 percent. Yeah, maybe 60 percent of my upgrades are within the first 28 days. Okay. Upgrade to paid. Yeah, upgrade to paid. Mm-hmm. But the other 30, the other whatever 40 percent is like it's after 28 days of the upgrade. Okay. Because the free plan, you know, I don't have any free trials. The free plan is really, it's like it's like an unlimited free trial. Like, yeah, you can use it as long as you're you don't have a custom domain on Webflow. Mm-hmm. You can use it as much as you want. Right. So I have no way of. I think it's too early. After one week, Fair. it's too early to assume that uh, that they will not convert. Sure. Well, I mean, I mean, traffic is traffic. Like, it's not like people are signing up because they're. They think like money's going to pour out of the screen. Like, no, exactly. <laughs> it's relevant yeah. traffic, and they are, you know, they are signing up, and then they are confirming their email address. So, you know, that's that's good sign. Pretty good intent. Like it's yeah, not, that... you know, it's better than if they didn't confirm it at all. If they just signed mm-hmm. up and said, "What is this?" Look, and then just left and didn't even confirm their email. Because I don't force people to confirm their email to to use the tool. Like, that's exact. That was exactly what my question was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Okay. Like they can, they can, they can sign up, and then they can start building their workflow. But yeah, before they click the sync button, then they have to confirm their email. So like I figured at that point, like I need your email because I need to be able to like email you if something goes wrong. Or, sure. It's like, but uh, before that, you can put in your Webflow credentials and your Airtable credentials, and mm-hmm. you can set up your whole workflow and, and even run do a test run, so where it will just pull your data and see if it would validate. Right. So I think it's too early, but it it is a bit of a hit when I look at my metrics now and like the sign up to convert to paying customer conversion has dropped right like significantly. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just because this traffic will never convert, or it's just it's too early. And after after a month of this, it'll go back up to to what it was before. Yeah, it sounds early. Yeah, that's but stellar. Yeah. That's no, stellar, yeah. though. Exactly. Oh my god. Yeah, but mostly I think I think what's most important is that. I'm enjoying myself. Boom. Yeah. Like, yeah, the signups is definitely the icing on the cake, but uh, it's like I've actually had quite a few really good conversations and DMs. Yeah. And also like our our subscribers for the podcast. Yeah. I think that's from being active also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I totally agree. Now I'm on Twitter and I did a huge purge. I'm very aggressive with the mute button. I I don't really... I have like a one strike policy. <laughs> so it's like something I don't love. It's like I click on them and I check their like last 10 tweets. Yeah. And if there's like more than one thing I don't like, it's an instant mute. Um, I'm pretty careful with who I follow in general. So I'm a little more liberal, but I have definitely unfollowed a couple people in the last week. And my timeline is way more positive and more interesting, honestly. I'm just yeah. getting less grift and I'm getting more interesting topics, which is cool. No, exactly. Like I, I'd say, there's very few people left now that are just there to grow their Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt when I was first there. Like, Agree. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Felt like everyone was just there to have those viral threads and, and those philosophical t- quotes and <laughs> the grift. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just felt so phony. And where are the humans? They're out there. Turns out. Yeah, they are. That's fantastic. Yeah, no, I I agree. I'm I'm having a lot more fun now. Yeah, uh, I just gotta share more tidbits because you're right. Like ninety percent, just ninety percent of what you see or what you tweet won't be seen. So tweet a lot and yeah. don't worry about it being gold-plated, perfect, perfect lighting, like just tweet it. Yeah, like I, I noticed you're tweeting more, but you're not obviously not tweeting as much as me at, at yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like you, you know, like you posted like a, a this beautiful image with like some code in it, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I'm sure that took more time than... It, it took me a minute to figure out what tool everyone was using <laughs> to <Okay>. do that. Because <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's an app called uh, Car- Carbon, I think. Anyway, okay. I, like... Yeah, they don't have any link back to their to their tool, uh, which seems like a missed PR opportunity. But yeah, just like I love the the code snippets that people are sharing. I, I think it's wicked cool. So um, I was caught. I was trying to figure out how to copy that. So once I did, now I'm like, oh, now I know how to feed this in, and I know the dimensions and how to color it and blah blah. blah. So now as I share it, it'll be a lot easier. Okay. But yeah, it's just figuring out what what aspects to share because now I'm doing. Uh, I learned a bunch of interesting things, and I just need to. I've been so busy this week. I feel like I haven't had two seconds to like run to the bathroom. Like I'm trying to, I'm just trying to get stuff out. But I learned a bunch of stuff even this week that that would make um, that would make great content. All right. So what what did you work on this week? Yeah. So this week, uh, so really over the last like week and a half, um, I've been. I loved your idea about uh, starting a, a another podcast. I love talking to people. Uh, now that I've honed the skill of running a podcast and editing a podcast and that sort of thing, I thought like, oh, it's a good idea. Like, what could I start a dev-centered podcast around? So I went out and so I had a few ideas for myself and I just kind of looked at the landscape of developer-focused podcasts. Um, so I surfed around on like Dev Talk, Dev Talk 2, on Medium, a bunch of different places to see what's out there. And there's some niche stuff, you know, there's like the Python cast and stuff like that. Um, but I'm more interested in... Uh, like people problems, like the, the people problems that developers have. So like the thing I'm really interested in and I've had a lot of opinions about is interviewing. Uh, I think that there is no perfect way to interview anyone. I think we all have, we all have war stories about brutal interviews that seemed really unfair or, um, or interviews we think are really good and we gather good data from. So I started to just probe my network and, come up with a list of things that I find, topics I find really interesting. So I'm really interested in things like, I mean, first of all, war stories are fun. (laughs) (laughs) I love hearing about people who are like, oh, I came in and they asked me to invert a binary tree and day one I had was pixel pushing, like, you know, like the the tropes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So um, I basically just reached out to a bunch of people in my network and was like, look, I have these questions about what I think an interview could be or that kind of thing, basically prompts. And I'm just saying like, would you be interested in talking with me and having me record it? Um, I, I'm not, I'm really not trying to focus on this, like something perfect of like, Oh, it's gotta be how I built this like perfectly edited and segued. Like, I think the reality of this is that it's very experiential, experiential. That's the word of, you know, like there is no right way to interview people. It's just, what are we, what, what are we doing? What have we tried? What experiences have we had and how does that shape how we interview people going forward? And so 
I came up with a big list of kind of these prompts and I've had two calls that I never recorded. I just wanted to get a feeling for what would a structured discussion around this look like as I kind of begin to hone like what questions produce interesting answers and what does a meaningful conversation look like? So I had two of these and my big takeaways were remembering to let the person talk. Like my views on interviewing are fine, but it's not an, this is not a podcast where I get on and just (laughs) shout into the ether, like stop asking lead code questions or something, right? Like it's, that's not useful. (laughs) Um, So letting people talk about their experiences and really um, taking it down to things that are actionable. So uh, saying like, well, um, what is a question that you feel like you should never ask? Or what's a question that you feel like, is it, what do you feel like is a good question? And then, be, and then coming back to, after this experience you have, would you recommend people do it? Or would you recommend people not do it? And really kind of like, you know, maybe starting big with a big topic and then being able to distill down to like, the data I get is not good or the data I get is inconclusive and sharing our, your experience interviewing. Um, cause that's the, that's the, the interesting thing about this industry is that like we play both ends. We play both the interviewee and the inter- interviewer. So it's, <laughs> it's interesting how we can have ideas about what works and then you get in the chair and then you come out and say, this is bullshit. They asked me a bunch of shit I'm never going to use or don't need to know, like whatever. Right. Um, so, yeah, so I came away with some learnings there and as well, a bunch of um, people I'm interested to talk to. So I want to go kind of, I want to go cross, um, cross industry. Like I'd like to get some people from gaming in. I think that'd be really interesting. And another thing that I find really interesting is around uh, boot camps. I'd really like to do, uh, to get people's input on how would you evaluate someone who's come out of a boot camp and talking that through. Um, because I, I am generally bullish on people that come out of boot camps, and I want to be able to give them a chance. And I feel like there's this, at least from the, you know, I, I have a few people in my orbit who have gone through boot camps, and it's this insecurity they have. I mean, oh God, you Google tech interviews, and it looks like a living hell. How am I supposed to get through this? Can I get through this? So I want to, I want to be able to give them tools, but I also want to be able to give people evaluating them tools and ideas for how can we give these people a shot. So um, after my two practice interviews, I've got three people in my immediate network uh, who I've worked with in the past. Uh, I've got them all booked for over the next week and a half to sit down for 40-ish minutes to have a conversation and record it and start putting it out there. Nice. So, uh, so that's kind of step one, getting them recorded. And then, uh, I'm figuring out how and how I want to share them basically. So there's a lot of hashtags, that sort of thing out there that I can jump on. Um, I have some friends that are going through, um, it's called a hundred devs. Basically it's a, it's a very unstructured bootcamp that's run by a guy who used to teach a general assembly. He's, he's got like a, quite a pedigree, but he, he recorded just learned code material himself. And he kind of holds office hours every week. And, uh, he puts this content out there and these people take his course that's free and they just meet each other over Twitter using this hashtag. And it's really cool. Like they, um, they are actively searching for one another. So 
uh, I'm would love to like jump on that hashtag or provide some value to these people of just like, you're going to go through this and then what can you expect and how can I help you? Um, as well, I think I've posted a number of like articles on dev.2 and a couple other places and the communities there are great. Um, people are very attentive. Uh, people really search by topic as well. So I think I'm going to give that a try and yeah, like connecting with more people. Like I, I've been, followed a couple of people, a couple of very vocal people on Twitter um, who talk about interviewing constantly. Uh, and I'd love to talk with them and get them on the show if that's something they're interested in talking about um, or having them uh, share it or give me an idea of, of where else they, where else might be a good idea to share. But either way, like the trick with this is I, I don't want it to be overproduced because even with the conversations I had, I realized that it's hard to edit a conversation. Like yeah. when I think about like the Tim Ferriss show, it's very much back and forth. Like even with our podcast, it's a conversation, but I do very light editing, extremely light. But if, if I'm looking for something actionable, um, for people sharing their experience, like you really can't edit it much. It's, you got to give room for people to speak. And I guess I'm a little bit worried about how actionable it'll be or the length of the podcast if it's a conversation. So I really want it like, I'm trying not to think about it, but I'm trying to keep it in mind when I record. I've, so you've done a bit of research, uh, how many developer podcasts are out there? Yeah. Uh, so I found like a bunch of listicles, basically. Oh, top 15, top 20. Um, and they're really, they tend to be hyper-focused. Oh, this is the Ruby cast. This is the Python cast. And it's somebody who knows the language really well and has language maintainers come on or popular package developers, yeah. that kind of thing. And then there is, there's a couple um, like soft skills uh, podca pod podcasts out there, but a lot of them are dead. They've been dead for over a year. There hasn't been any new content. There's a couple that are still kicking around and they have moderate followings. Um, but they're really not, they're just not popular. Not in the same way that, you know, like the Tim Ferriss show is or something, you know, like um, more cross domain, cross sectional, horizontal is the word I'm looking for. Okay. <laughs> more horizontal podcasts. And I'm not really sure why that is. I don't know if they are just not marketing themselves or if there's no demand. I, I don't know. Yeah, but it doesn't, because when we were talking about this two weeks ago, it was, it was, it was about you like getting momentum, like starting mm -hmm. to starting to move forward with with an idea, mm -hmm. and you wanted to talk to developers anyways yes. to to find product ideas to serve developers. Mm -hmm. So it was like it was like the perfect MVP. Well, just start a podcast where you talk to developers, mm. and because uh, you say you like talking to developers and you know how to podcast, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like hey, just just do it. So you don't really need to know whether there's a market for it or mm -hmm. because i mean tim ferris often talks about this right like where you formulate it a way where if you fail you still win yes so so even if if nobody listens to the podcast you've interviewed a dozen developers exactly which is market research for you, your next product idea so mm -hmm. it really it really doesn't matter whether there's a market or not yeah absolutely and the nice thing is by going horizontal and talking to people from different industries, um, I want to get more and more ideas and build more relationships. So, so what's the tagline? Like, what what is the podcast about? For me, it's um, damn. That's a fucking good question. Because <laughs> because I wasn't very 
it's not it's not all about job interviews, right? Uh, for right now, that's my focus. Okay. Um, yeah, because last week we talked about problems specifically, like bringing people on and saying, like, oh, tell me about your work, like, tell me about your problems. Um, I'm, I guess I was looking for a focus, and I thought interviewing was an interesting focus. But it's true, like hearing about people's problems in general is it, it is fun for me. I mean, I still I still like the idea, like. Like you said, the research you've seen is that all other developer podcasts are very vertical, right? Mm-hmm. It's the Ruby podcast. It's the Python podcast. It's the Jamstack cast. Exactly. If you can have one that's about something horizontal that affects all all developers. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whether you code in Python, Laravel. or Yeah, like, I mean, the nice thing is if you're at a, at a party and you meet another developer... You talk shop immediately. It's like yeah, we exactly. want we want to hear what each other are doing and tell me about your cool problems or what you're working on right now. And it's just nice to have somebody else who understands your your trials and tribulations. It's yeah, like why don't well, we have a podcast like that? I think you should keep it super generic. Like like even I, I don't know if I would focus on job interviews for the first few episodes. Mm. <laughs> the epi- the t- podcast is called Talking to Developers. <laughs> <laughs> sure, that's it. And you just start talking to them, and I mean, I guess that that could be the editing. Is you just start off like just chit chatting, and then when the conversation gets deep, that's the that's the part that you're gonna save. Mm-hmm. The rest you'll just discard. Yeah. Well, I mean, one an option, and I've been thinking about this is you could do some like it could be something more like we have a discussion, and I just kind of have three talking three main pillars of the conversation. What are you working on right now that's interesting? What's something that like pisses you off about <laughs> your day to day? And then how do you feel about hiring? And like, talk, let's talk about hiring just to structure the conversation a little bit. Um, and then if the conversation is really good about hiring, then pick your best ones and release those ones specifically and you have a hiring series or something. Okay. Like I mean, like the more generic, the more generic the conversation. And uh, I guess like the more topics you cover, uh, gives you more opportunity for uh, verticals inside of that conversation. So it could be you could discuss a lot of things, but if the hiring is what's interesting, then run with that, and that's what you you uh, publish. I think at this point, having the like, I've got some forward momentum of getting people to talk about stuff. So maybe I'll I'll make interviewing one of the uh, one of the fence posts for the conversation, and and add on to it of just like yeah what's tell me about your work what you're up to and what's your what's your top what's your top three problems right now what's bugging the hell out of you i mean you may as well structure it like a customer interview because you you want developers as customers in in the future that's a good point so yeah so what's the most annoying thing about the job the trade Mm. the hiring process that's yeah i never really thought i yeah i i don't know why i wanted to go so narrow i mean I guess maybe like it's easier to put a label on it if if you if your if your uh, topic is narrowly focused or your is scoped narrowly. Um, but yeah, even like the idea of talking to people about their top three, especially developers that like I I know about and care about, it's like oh man, that conversation is just more interesting in general. I mean, because there's there's like tell me about what you're up to, and then there's the topics that I also find interesting that I want them to weigh in on. Yeah, or before the interview, you could send them a list of topics that you could talk about. Mm. Here, like we can talk about any of these subjects. Like, let me know which ones you you'd like to dig deeper in. Mm. We'll talk about that. Sure. 
Okay, maybe because maybe uh, you know maybe they have they haven't done a job interview in twenty years and yeah. they're not even part of the hiring process at the that current job. Mm-hmm. They have nothing to say about ring except they've read on Hacker News that oh sure. these lead code questions seems ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll uh, I'll email back my my the people I have booked and swap it up, change it up a little bit. Yeah, because that sounds. I mean, it all sounds like fun. Talking to people is great. So yeah, exactly. That's your goal, right? It's just just to talk to them. Mm. And you have you already have a network of developers. Yeah. And then you can have them refer you the next guest. I gotta add that to my question sheet. I'm doing that right now. <laughs> Who else should I talk to? Right. So yeah. So for the coming week, uh, I'm going to do. My plan is to sit down and record some of these and figure out what the hell the final product's going to look like. It's okay if it's garbage or not garbage. I don't want to put garbage, but like, you know, it's it's not about it being the most highly produced show. It's a conversation and that's what's fun. Right. So my goal is to record these and put them out there and see see what people are up to. See what people I'm, think I'm, of it. I'm curious, these, these test interviews you had, like, were they during work hours or after hours? They were all in the evening. Okay. Because because then the format could be like devs and beer, like <laughs> you know, like you you start drinking together and talk shop. <laughs> Let's shave a yak, shall we? <laughs> yeah, I I mean, don't I won't pretend that hasn't crossed my mind. That sounds amazing. <laughs> but yeah, like I also see something like this also around a, a as a recruiting tool a little bit. I, I I'm just I'm putting my I, I shouldn't even put this hat on, but just you know I I. I find it interesting to think about because I don't want to think about like, oh, how can I monetize this? Because I find that that tends to be a failure, um, a, a behavior failure, whatever, um, that that I don't need. That the point is to have conversations, not to make money. Um, but already, like, you know, I work with I work with some recruiters and I consult with them and I talk with technical candidates. And it's funny how much like job descriptions suck. Like yeah. learning what a place is actually like is really hard. And talking with developers and getting a sense of what it's at like to actually work there is really, really valuable. Well, as a kid, like I just think about myself, like trying to go and uh, scope out a company and understand, am I going to be a fit here? Like what's the conversation that you can have with a developer to understand? Like, what's it like? So what's the one thing that you can get done next week? Uh, I want to record two... So on my calendar, I have two, in the next seven days, I have two interviews lined up. So Perfect. I can, I mean, it's very easy to create the show in uh, Transistor. Uh, so I'll just do exactly what we did for this podcast and rip an image off of uh, Unsplash and put some text on it. <laughs> yep. Done. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, this is the easy part. Yeah. You've already done all this. You know, you know how to do it. Exactly. So, so they know that this is being recorded for a podcast? Yes. Perfect. All right. So, you, so next week you're gonna have two episodes. That's the plan. Assuming they don't cancel on me or get right. cold feet at the last minute. But like, it's funny because I'm telling people when I book them, it's like I'm recording this and I'm going to publish it. So, right. Yeah, and we can do fine with it. Yeah, exactly. So it's like we can do first names only. You don't have to say where you work. Right. You don't. We'll do whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I think it's a great like, and like you were saying it. Like, forget the monetization. I mean, this is very bad business advice. <laughs> but in your case, you know, it's about getting forward motion mm. and 
you you want to serve developers like this is the the stair stair step approach like mm-hmm. this it's very simple product you know you know this product it's a podcast you're going to talk to developers by talking to developers you might encounter product ideas problems that that can be solved and then who knows otherwise it's just a podcast and then that has a whole other list of opportunities that can come up sure like you become an expert at interviewing developers so you can be you could do consulting on the side yeah so yeah i'm really i'm just really not trying to think about money at all it's just a terrible terrible failure pattern i've had in the past and it ruins yeah it, it's uh, i'm very susceptible my, my past behavior tells me that i'm very susceptible to as soon as you cast doubt on something, I'm just, I, like, I can feel my interest wane and it's like, fuck it. It's not about yeah. that. That's not the point. Like, like, just get out of there. Yeah, exactly. Like set, set a goal of, you know, like releasing eight episodes. Like yeah. that's your goal. Mm-hmm. And then reevaluate afterwards. Yeah. There's, like you said, there's plenty of podcasts out there that start and then, then they give up and they stop. Like, yeah. There's nobody sues you when you do that. That's yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. No one, no one remembers the failures. Yeah. It's fine. Or if anything, people will reach out to you directly, say, hey, I really like the show. Why aren't you podcasting? Yeah. So yeah, by this time next week, um, I don't know if they'll be published or not. I guess it that'll depend on how the edit comes out and how much energy it takes to put. I don't, I, well, you know, I'll, I'll caveat this and say, like, I don't want to make an excuse for not putting something out there because I quote unquote think it sounds like shit, but um, I want to have the two at least recorded and then... Uh, well, but the schedule I have is that they'll be recorded, um, whether they'll be yeah. published or not. I'm still working on it. If you hesitate about publishing them, go listen to our first episode of Startup <laughs> to Something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Because that's how all podcasts start. Mm-hmm. Except this one will sound awesome because you, you know exactly how to edit podcasts. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's really it for me. That's kind of what I've got on the table. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on my side, there's... There's, I, I am making progress with audience ops. Okay. Yeah. So, so to recap, I hired them to do my content marketing. So they take care of everything, like the planning, the whole, the whole content schedule and uh, the topics. And so we had our first meeting where they sent me the list of the, the first eight articles they're going to write. And already, like, I see all the value. They are all, they are all very keyword rich. Like they really researched all the keywords. Mm. And look at the competition out there and you know they they were all great ideas like stuff that i would think i would never write this article why 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 would you write this mm. and then they explained oh well we did the keyword research and <laughs> like this is a low-hanging fruit right here like mm. so so yeah I, so so yeah the articles are going to be great uh, and now i'm getting a, a bunch of ideas of other pages i could just create in the meantime for seo cool and because I'm hosting it on Webflow with the CMS, it, I sh- there's no excuse. I can just easily throw up some pages and have them generated by Webflow. Very cool. So yeah, it's definitely it's just in the research alone. It's it's already a good investment. Fantastic. Yeah. So they gave you the first the titles, I guess, of the first eight articles. Yeah, they they gave me the title and like bullet form, like mm-hmm. you know, like the outline of what it's going to be about. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, we reviewed some of them. Like, you know, some of them, you know, there'd be like, I, I don't want to reveal too much. No, no. You know, these are these are low-hanging fruits and keywords. <laughs> but right, like, let's say one of them has like a list of products recommendations. Right. So I did 
you know, I was able to say, you know what, can we replace this one with this instead? Or so, yeah, I was able to provide some feedback. Okay. Because I obviously know my customers better than they do. Sure. Uh, but but of course, there are, yeah, the writer seems. I, I'm very surprised. I, you know, I was I was thinking like, how can they write content for such a niche that they don't know about, right? But no, the the writer knows how to research this stuff. And, and if he's not sure, he asks me like, you know, what's what's the difference between a Webflow template and a Webflow clonable? So yeah, that that's a good question. That's a fair question. There, there is no difference, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, but otherwise, like yeah, he. He researched all these subjects and keywords himself. It's kind of magical. Yeah, it is, right? Like, I just, I just, I, I was, you know, I was just taking a risk. I was like, whatever, like, I'm, yeah. this is an experiment. Mm-hmm. I, it can go horribly wrong. It's whatever. Yeah. I will have learned. But, uh, but yeah, no, a good writer is actually able to, to research subjects and to know what to write. and mm. So the eight articles, how over what time frame will they be released? So the first one is going to be like the, the first week of March. Okay. So the, the way Audience Ops works is you you pay like per quarter. Mm-hmm. So for and I'm and I'm paying for the plan where they release one every one article every two weeks. Okay. So you pay for like twelve week the twelve week quarter, mm-hmm. and that will include six articles. Okay. But the first twelve week quarter that you pay for mm. only includes four articles i see for a ramp up yeah exactly because they're doing all this research and this onboarding right so like so yeah so that's why the first article will only be the first week of march okay but after that i think it's it from then on it's going to be every two weeks okay are you excited enough for these articles that you could consider paying them more to get them sooner is that an option um, yeah, I could definitely upgrade to the once a week plan. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll see. I mean, a lot of like, they, they ask you like, what is, what is the, the purpose of the content? Is it just mm. for SEO or is it for like sharing? So I said, it has to be about sharing because I want to be able to share these in all the different no code communities. Totally. Uh, but of course, I know that, but the big part is also SEO. Like, I mean, that would be like, nice. Yeah. <laughs> For one week, I'll share it everywhere, and it'll get a little bump in traffic. Mm-hmm. But after that, it it's SEO will take over. Yeah, but that can take a while. So, yeah. So we'll see when when I'll be able to calculate whether I have a positive ROI. But yeah, if it's if it's a huge success, for sure, I'll upgrade to once a week. Cool. That's fantastic. I can't wait for the the results of this experiment to. Yeah, yeah. Me too. I mean, yes. I haven't seen the articles yet, right? Yeah. <laughs> But uh, this is, this is definitely uncharted territory for me. Like I've mm-hmm. never outsourced anything in my life, so it feels scary because I, I don't control it. And yeah. Oh yeah. I'm a bit. I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So <laughs> I'll hit the publish <laughs> button for you if you want. I'm always here whenever no, you want. Okay. <laughs> I pay them to hit the publish button. <laughs> Damn. See, I should have monetized this months ago. Finger as a service. <laughs> Watch out! Yeah. <laughs> you might have the wrong clientele. That's okay. As long as the as long as the funnel converts, we're good. <laughs> cool. Anything else? No, that's it. Sweet. All right. I will catch you next week then. Yep. See you later. See ya.